So here's to all of the good thinkers And here's to the lonely drinker But don't you know Welcome back to Building the Bach, and I'm your host, Jason Spies. In our next segment, Bach and Investing, we explore public-private partnerships. For this feature, we talk with Niles Hushka, CEO of KLJ. This interview is sponsored by the Rocky Mountain Energy and Infrastructure Summit, happening August 19th through the 23rd in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. For more information on this prestigious summit, visit their website at www.rmenergysummit.com. That's www.rmenergysummit.com. That's the Rocky Mountain Energy and Infrastructure Summit happening August 19th through the 23rd in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Visit their website, rmenergysummit.com. Now, back to our interview with Niles Hushka, CEO of KLJ, talking about public-private partnerships. Oh, Niles Hushka, I'm the CEO of KLJ. And uh, today we're talking about uh, public-private partnerships. I wonder if I can get some comments on uh, just public-private partnerships within your organization, if you've consulted on them, and just your feelings on them. Well, public-private partnerships are, you know, used to describe a lot of things. But the basic way we describe public-private partnerships is, for instance, when we do work on a major pipeline corridor where um, we will go in to the public agencies and say, instead of coming to you afterwards and having you uh, tell us we did things not quite the way you wanted, let's work together in the beginning. And so the Bakken is a leader in that. So we now have aggressively pursued strategies where um, we work first to bring the groups together on the public side and the private side. Then we start agreeing on, for instance, where pipe corridors go or what impacts are, are, are we can make and what impacts are, are not sustainable. And then we move forward, whereas, again, historically, we'd work forward, get everything done, submit it, and get it back. It's a huge, huge, huge difference in public-private partnerships. Is there um, uh, tax money involved? Are they credits? Is it uh, tax money given to the building, the managing director, I guess, um, from a financial side? How does that work on the public-private side? Generally speaking, the savings, the public savings is what it really comes into it. So again, if you pursue the right policies in the beginning, you get faster delivery cycles, which in our industry is huge, because if you're, for instance, building a pipeline that's intending to ship 100,000 barrels a day, and you're getting paid even a dollar a barrel to ship every day, that's $100,000 a day. So if we can put the pipeline in service uh, a month quicker, two months quicker, those are real dollars. So it's the, that's where you get your savings in real public-private partnerships. Uh, final question, uh, just are, are these becoming more of a trend, less of a trend, or have they always been on the same course, say, over the last 10, 15 years? Oh, we see the public private partnerships increasing significantly it's the the i think it's part of what's going on in the bakken where you know first of all you resist each other and then you decide you got to live with each other it's kind of a long-term concept so now we're in the long-term growth cycle where we say oh my gosh i'm going to be working with that agency for the next 15 years i might as well establish a good relationship we might as well do it the way they want we might as well get their input in the first place rather than fight all the way along so i see it as being an awakening of sorts where industry and uh, regulators are saying, we can do this together a heck of a lot more effective and efficiently. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. You betcha. Thank you. And that was Niles Hushka, CEO of KLJ. 
That interview was sponsored by the Rocky Mountain Energy and Infrastructure Summit in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, August 19th through the 23rd. Visit their website at www.rmenergysummit.com. That's rmenergysummit.com. The Rocky Mountain Energy and Infrastructure Summit, August 19th through the 23rd in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. To listen to the entire interview with the CEO of KLJ, Niles Hushka, visit our website at buildingthebakken.com. Continuing our feature on public-private partnerships, we talk with Mike Seminary with Houston Engineering. This interview is sponsored by Montana Rig Mats. Better mats, better prices. Montana Rig Mat, 855-444-MATS. That's 855-444-MATS. Or log on, mtrigmat.com. That's M-T, that's the letter M, and the letter T, rigmat.com. Montana Rig Mats, better mats, better prices. Now back to our feature on public-private partnerships with Houston Engineering's Mike Seminary. Moment pass. Mike Seminary. Okay, and that works pretty good. Mike Seminary, Houston Engineering, how are you doing? I'm great, Jason. How are you? Doing well. Public-private partnerships, interesting you brought that up. In the engineering world, are you hearing that more? Are you seeing that more across the country? Because I'm starting to see not only the idea be introduced, but the actual reality happening of that. As a matter of fact, Jason, we are uh, we are aggressively involved in that uh, as a company and then also with w- one of our partners that's a global uh, engineering company. And the reason is, I hate, to, I hate to say this, but the country's broke and they're is it doesn't appear there's a short-term way to alleviate our financial problems. The good news is is that in the private sector, there are companies that make money. In the private sector, even though they're public employees that are putting their money away for pensions, the private sector pension funds have money. That's a great way to help solve uh, public infrastructure needs. And doesn't necessarily mean it has to be like a civic center. I'm talking about what you just talked about, the basic necessities, water, roads, those types of uh, community needs that if you don't have them, you can't grow, you can't be healthy. And so I'm very encouraged that we are becoming far more open, especially in North Dakota, because we, let's face it, my most conservative friends hate it when I say this. My most liberal friends don't like it when I say it at all. We are conservative socialists here. It's a great way for us to start talking about how can we do this together. To listen to the entire feature on public-private partnerships with Houston Engineering's Mike Seminary, the CEO of KLJ, Niles Hushka, visit our website at buildingthebakken.com. When you talk about economic development of a city or a region, you're talking over a 50-year period. When you look at what's happened in North Dakota, you're talking over a five-year period. Asleep again. Uh, I live just outside of uh, Aspen, Colorado, and I'm in the middle of my 87th trip. traffic here going through 85 than there is on I-90. Now that's just huge. Well, so 
business the boom started, I'd say our business doubles every year. This is really becoming a regional play. Mm -hmm. and, and you can tell that even already when you get out and about, you get to places like Billings and to Rapid City and you know Fargo and Grand Forks for sure, but even well beyond into the into Minnesota. I think Minneapolis is the biggest winner in this whole deal. There's no doubt, you nailed it. You're gonna face some hard times at first, but the rewards are worth it. that we're seeing in the Bakken is, is historically unprecedented, and really not just in the district, but, but, but nationally as well. Williston has taxable sales greater than that of Fargo, North Dakota, so think about the productivity per person mm -hmm. in Williston. I watch you in your school education. They uh, got their DOT license, went out, got hired on with a company, and now they're making triple figures working, you know, 70 hours a week. So it's a great success story for anybody that's got a work ethic. It's unlike anything that I think as a country we've seen since the Industrial Revolution. I mean, that's the type of growth and expansion that's going on and that they're talking about it. There's really going to be two phases. Um, the oil itself, once the wells are in place, will produce you know, anywhere 25, 30, 35 years. Okay, So you'll continue to see production. I think the bigger question is, how long do we see the crazy level of investment on the drilling side? So you have to be nimble. And what worked in Minneapolis isn't going to necessarily work in Dickinson, North Dakota. big deal when we had our ground breaking the um, governor flew in and we all shoveled dirt we flew up one day shoveled dirt and flew back the next so past the years and the kingdoms disappeared and although it has changed and evolved and morphed and things over the course of time there's still one thing that I think brings a lot of us back, especially in this part of the country, and that's tradition, that's history, that's that's where we come from, the lifestyle that a lot of these folks live, even though there's a lot more people here now, there's still the ranching communities, production agriculture, which is still a big force here in North Dakota and eastern Montana. And I think when you look back to our roots, um, this is kind of where our roots are. I could I could be close to six figures. There's a lot of guys out there that are doing what six I'm, figures a year. A year, yeah. There's a lot of guys that are out there doing doing that. Did you ever think in your life that you would have a job in North Dakota without a college education in your mid 30s that you would make six figures a year on? Well, no. I, I've always dreamt of being a rock star. Infrastructure needs, but the, that we're making the investments in restaurants, in housing, in entertainment, in airports, in you know all the things that go to quality of life. Still hasn't turned again. If you believe in yourself and you believe in your capabilities of of really making it happen, you will work as hard as you possibly can 
to, to get to where you want. But the fun thing is about when you follow your passions, it really doesn't feel like work.